Show us what you're wearing. <laughs> Three, two, one, kit. Oh, red. Oh, oh, oh. Double I'm red. The memo here. Pretty in red. Yeah, I feel left out. Why don't you tell us about yours, Nick? Because it's infinitely more exciting than mine. Oh. Mine is the 1996 FA Cup final edition of the Manchester United jersey. So it's got Old Trafford sublimated into the body of the shirt. Classic Sharp sponsor. Black collar with the V-neck. The piping. Is it a yeah. knitted collar or is it a sublimated yeah, collar? Yeah, knitted collar. Three-tier knitted collar. Black, red and white. Actual and then, buttons on that? Nah, no buttons, just the V-neck. Fresh off your 4-0 de- defeat to Liverpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, not That's bad. right. I'm just so numb to it, eh? <laughs> I wasn't even angry. <laughs> we just suck. <laughs> you do, About, yeah. So what you were saying with it, is it is the sublimation watermarked yeah, in there? Yeah, Old, Old Trafford. That's yeah, the, okay. f- the stripes of the field. You can probably make out the... No, the seats and stuff. Any. The quality is not strong enough, unfortunately. Right. Shit. What about you, Prince of Perth? Just a uh, first ever Perth Wildcats training tee. Nothing too exciting. Nice. It's, uh, the most timeless logo. My favourite logo. One of my favourite logos. Good quality. Silicon badge. Hey. Silicon badge. It is actually, yeah. yeah. It's um. Good, really good quality tea. Nice fit, nice, nice fabric. I, uh, I nearly worked for first ever actually, but ended up choosing Brisbane slash Dynasty over first ever and Melbourne, which t- turned out well after what they went through for eighteen months with COVID. So, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you choose Brisbane over anywhere else? It's a pretty good place until everyone else from Sydney and Melbourne started moving here and. And Perth. House prices doubled. And New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, screw those guys. Look at All this. y'all. Ridgy Ditch, Queenslander. Get off your high horse. <laughs> Not even on a horse. Not even on a low horse. <laughs> oh. Shall we get into it, fellas? Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me are my Jersey boys, the free Kiwi Nick. (laughs) Hey, and also you're starting full forward this week. And the pot stirrer kit. Thanks, mate. Um, All jokes aside, I just wanted to start off with um, an apology. Obviously, we're all pretty new to this whole podcasting caper and occasionally we make mistakes and and bag people that we probably shouldn't and you know that occasionally (laughs) is you know going to come back to bite us so i just want to start off by issuing an apology um this is to an entity that i've bagged more than anyone else on this podcast in the last eight episodes um nick bassett mate exceeded my football expectations of you at training on monday so apologies for all this shit i hung on you second apology goes to my mate who gave me the pineapple tim tam last week i later found out it wasn't pineapple it was banoffee flavored tim tam who knew such a thing existed so uh about five days later i dug it out of the bin had a bite and confirmed it was Benoffi Tim Tam. So a couple of apologies there. A man of, of class and honesty. What a press yeah. conference. My God. <laughs> Are you writing for the Prime Minister as well? I exceeded my own expectations, mate. <laughs> yeah, from, from all the comments, that was actually you playing out of your skin. So um, maybe you were just putting on a show for me. Yeah, it comes to a training. I've got to put on something good. I mean, hard not to was, mark some of those balls that I were hitting your lace out on the tit with, though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Just that last one was a bit dodgy. <laughs> on purpose, I found out later, though. Correct, yeah. <laughs> so when's the game? When Get all our listeners down. <laughs> Friday night. Tomorrow night. Zilmi yeah, Oval, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> <laughs> O'Callaghan Park. <laughs> 
good old G grade football. Well, that's <laughs> bring, rough, your, bring yourself some. Um, I don't know if I should say that. Move on. <laughs> it is Zilmir, guys. Yeah, <laughs> well, nothing wrong. nothing wrong with Zilmir, right? Come on, come on now. Nothing all right. at all. Let's go. Let's get into the news here. So, uh, tipped off a little bit last week, diving a bit deeper into it this week. Wilson, the famous uh, sports brand, uh, famous in Wilson. tennis and a few other air- areas. Yep, and famous for. Castaway, our good friend Wilson, mm-hmm. um, got Tom Hanks through that island. Uh, Wilson's sports brand Refresh and launch of their sportswear. So this is from the Basic Agency, basicagency.com, uh, who was contracted to uh, do the, the Refresh and the launch of the sportswear brand. So on the Refresh, Wilson helping a century-old sports brand find its place in a culture and step into an all-new category. This is from um, Basic. We started by shaking down the brand through a visual audit and interviews with employees and athletes alike to understand brand perception and the role that sports plays in their lives. We learned inequivocally that sports matters. They had meaning to our lives and teach us things, how to persist, how to work together, how to fall, and most importantly, what lies within is bigger than anything that lies ahead. And on the introduction of the Wilson sportswear um, leisure wear brand, athlete is considered a little, uh, uh, sorry, athlete is considered a title reserved for a chosen few. It conjures up ideas of physical ability and big name fame. When people think athlete, they think of the ones that they see on TV, blood, sweat and tears, walking out of the tunnels, arms raised in victory. Our go-to market strategy for the first year of Wilson Sportswear was to challenge these stereotypes by representing the athletes, spirits that live inside all of us and plays without expecting anything in return. Um, I hope you Gosh. guys have seen the link there, which we will include in the uh, show notes. I want to throw this first to Nick to get your comments, mate, on what you think of the brand and the launch of the sportswear and in particular the font. Yeah, well, you're talking about the, the sort of sport and progress font or the the, the sort of Wilson that's not the, the No, not the, not the iconic Wilson not logo, the script, which no. is... Which is, if changed at all, then it is barely. I'm talking yeah. about the brand, the brand fonts there. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it, I guess it's sort of that modern style, isn't it? It's nothing crazy or out there. It's just a nice, clean font, easy to read on a on a website. Um, what I'm interested in is where will they position themselves? Will they be sort of that Adidas, Nike, pure sort of sports style, or, or will they be be that sort of fashion brand like Lacoste is almost sport. And looking at some of these videos and, and little pieces they've got, probably looking more like that sort of Lacoste area. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I was just going to say, for, for as long as I can remember, Wilson's just always seemed like an outdated brand. Like growing up playing tennis, I don't know, Wilson always seemed to be the old sort of fuddy-duddy brand that, you know, a little bit, eh? Your parents were getting around in whilst all the cool kids were in prints or head stuff. So um, not too much of a brand refresh, but they're obviously trying to do something here. I think they're jumping into the market, you know, that sportswear market. It's a little bit urban for me. You know, it's a little bit uh, a mix between um, Under Armour and... Um, oh, Shoot, forgotten the name now. Um, Mitchell and Ness. I think they got that. Uh-huh. They're going with that Mitchell and Ness kind of vibe. Um, what what I did pick up, and I was hoping you'd pick up too, Nick, is the Sun font, which we use in our branding. Oh, where and did also... I? <laughs> did I miss that? Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, mate. But but also used uh, heavily around. Everywhere at the moment, I think there's the AFL is using a very similar font. Uh, I think Nike and Adidas and ASIC might not be the exact same font, but are using a similar font as well. So that's not, not soon. Come on. <laughs> oh, we can have a debate further about it off off air. I guarantee <laughs> you, it's soon. <laughs> uh, Sunbriet Fet, I think, is the exact font. 
uh, German, if that. I remember correctly, when we were doing that process elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's looking for a heritage, but urban, common, modern look, like what Mitchell and Ness is doing. Uh, but also, it just looks very similar. It looks to looks very similar to what a lot of other companies are doing. So. I'm looking. I'd be interested to find what's the next thing because we're all at a point. I think where a lot of the sportswear brands are all starting to look the same. Yeah, actually, I've just seen the word game, and it's it's close. So there you go. <laughs> it's close, <laughs> uh, fellas. We had a few drops this week uh, from the AFL for Guernsey. So have you guys seen Collingwood's? Yeah, they always do a good job, eh, with these. Yeah, simply a, yeah. an inverse of last year's one, right? It, it pretty nice. much is, yeah. yeah. So from Collingwood FC, the Collingwood Anzac Day Guernsey will feature sprigs of rosemary. Australians traditionally wear sprigs of rosemary as a symbol of remembrance on Anzac Day or Remembrance Day. Rosemary grows wild on the Gallipoli Peninsula in Turkey, where the original Anzac served in World War One. In 2022, Collingwood is the away team and wearing a clash Guernsey. The black stripes of the Collingwood Guernsey will depict lines of rosemary sprigs. Uh, another game that is on this weekend and has dropped is Gold Coast Suns and Zach Guernsey. So the Gold Coast Suns have officially launched a 2022 commemorative Anzac Guernsey to be worn for the Anzac Day Eve Q Clash against the Brisbane Lions this Sunday afternoon. The Suns and RSL Queensland have joined forces to support Australian veterans and spark the Anzac spirit in the hearts of everyday Australians ahead of the Anzac appeal round. The partnership is reflective on this year's Light It Up, uh, sorry, Light Up the Dawn campaign for Anzac Day with the Gold Coast Suns commemorative Anzac Day at the game on Sunday 24th of April and are aiming to help raise funds to support ex-serving veterans and their families in times of need. The design includes four key elements, the rising sun to light up the dawn, a silhouette of a digger, and a sprig of rosemary on the front to symbolize fidelity and remembrance. The words, lest we forget, also feature on the back of the design. I think it's quite nice. Myself and Nick just quickly touched on it before the podcast. Um, I think Nick's words were that it looks better than their regular Yeah, Guernsey, which better than, than that, isn't it? Probably don't disagree with you there, but um, just got me thinking now. I know that obviously the Titans, and we spoke about this last week or the week before, the Titans have really embraced that gradient as being part of their DNA. Maybe that's what the Suns need to do. Um, you know, that it's so easy to make a, a gold to, to red, obviously going through colours of orange and, and amber and whatnot look good. Um, maybe that that's what they can do to make their branding stand out and be a little bit more different you know being the gold coast and a young team they can get away with it so just looking at what they've done on that anzac guernsey um yeah it looks great yeah getting away from those hard red and yellow edges would soften it up a bit and give it that sort of sun feel eh? absolutely i could not agree with either of you anymore i saw that straight away and exactly the same words came out of my mouth and I'd like to see them explore that too. I think they've done a little bit in their training gear um, and I think actually their original Guernsey had a gradient in it too, but it was not yellow to red. So, yeah, I'd like to see a rising sun, you know, putting aside the Anzac rising sun, I'd like to see a rising sun on their Guernseys with a gradient in some capacity. Going Get forward. rid of the monogram. Yep. Okay. Melbourne Demons Anzac Guernsey. So this is from El Melbourne FC, Melbourne Football Club. Uh, we actually touched on this last week through the leak. So this is just their official announcement here. Melbourne Football Club have revealed its 2022 Anzac Guernsey. Uh, in conjunction with New Balance, the Guernsey has been designed to honour their brave Anzacs who have protected and served the country. The design incorporates a field of poppies, a symbol of remembrance, while also paying tribute to the club's past players who lost their lives in World War One and Two, with their names embezzled on the back. And now jumping over to another code, Western Force Anzac uh, jersey. So this is from westernforce.rugby. 
the Western Force today unveiled its Anzac jersey to be worn during Friday night Super Round clash with the Moana Pacifica, which I believe may be delayed now due to COVID, Correct. at Amy Park in Melbourne, and next Friday against the Blues at HBF Park as part of the Armed Forces-themed round. Inspired by the Anzacs, the jersey features a soldier carrying an injured countryman on the battlefield to capture the spirit of mateship with the iconic commemorative red poppy. The jersey was designed by renowned West Australian military artist and former soldier Ian Coate. Coates explained the sent- sentiment revolves around mateship and being there for your fellow man and woman who draws strong parallels with rugby. The inspiration is centered around the friendship and bonds formed rather than the battle itself. Great looking jersey quite like it yeah i like like the sort of cloud texture in there eh? not just a symbol gradient some cool colors through there too yeah from one good jersey to another one and another code melbourne storm anzac jersey so this is from melbournestorm.com.au as is tradition, Melbourne Storm will wear a commemorative Anzac Day jersey on Monday to honour and pay respect to all Australian and New Zealand servicemen and women. The 2022 design showcases Storm's iconic game day ceremony, which has become synonymous with Melbournians on Anzac Day. The front of the jersey features an Amy Park roof illuminated by a projection of poppies, while the bottom of the back panel includes Lest We Forget, projected onto the stadium roof. Player silhouettes line the bottom of the front panel highlighting the annual tradition to black out the stadium to honour those that gave their life in service of their country. The design also includes the silhouette of the Kokoda Track Memorial located at the 1000 Step here in Victoria to shine a light on the 80-year anniversary of the Kokoda campaign. Limited supply of the jersey will be available at Amy Park in the Storm <laughs> Store on game day. Very limited. Limited <laughs> Limited and Castor go, go together quite well, don't they? <laughs> Hand in um, hand. You said this was a great jersey. I'm not sure I uh, agree with that. I may have to agree with uh, Kit there. All right. Let me go back and have another look at it while you, you guys. Um, not only that, but so, um, you guys reckon the chest logos look quite low and in weird positions on, on this Kind side? of low and far apart, aren't they? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but it's Castor. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh Correct, um, yeah, not the hugest. Fan I like of this. the idea of the whole illuminating the stadium, but it almost kind of looks like a like a posterized. You know, you just go on Photoshop and hit the posterized filter, and then turn it on. Yeah, and that the, the the Anzac jersey from last year had a similar sort of lazy Photoshop technique. I think it was basically just dump a giant poppy on there and play with the opacity settings. Okay, I redact my statement now that I've had another look at it <laughs> Do today. Do you want to cut and then start again there? Or? <laughs> nah, nah, I'll own it. I'll own it. I looked at it. Look, I won't lie. I love the colors. Yeah. I think the colors really work, yeah, but um, that's probably what I recall from when I looked at it earlier. But uh, yeah, I stand by you with every other statement that you've both made so yeah, far. Yeah, we turned it around, Kit. <laughs> Speaking of the NRL... Uh, we've got Cronulla and Manly playing in their game tonight with uh, currently with Cronulla in their Anzac jersey and, and Manly in the now infamous points bet jersey. So um, I must say it looks kind of cool, the black points bet jersey. I'm not sure if many people will agree with me, but I, I don't mind it out on field under the lights. Would you have preferred black shorts and socks with it? or um, That has been... Spoken about internally, but I, I don't hate the the, the purple. Oh, sorry, purple. Thinking of Melbourne still. I don't hate the maroon shorts and socks. Um, maybe some black trim on those just to tie it all together would have been good, but doesn't always happen that yeah. way. Is does it, it just the the standard? No, it's not the home shorts. They're wide, aren't they? Correct. Yes, yeah, so it'll be the the away shorts. Can I ask a question? And we'll feel free if we want to cut it out. Um. On the the render, your fade of the manly eagle was quite prominent, and on the photos of the jersey, it was probably not as prominent. Was that your intention? No. Um, certainly not intending to deceive anyone at retail. Um, yeah, that was that's all that stuff's done by a, a marketing company. 
as you know, CADs can sometimes look a little different to the final product. That was the For same sure. as the Woman in League one too, wasn't it? Correct, yeah. I thought the I actually wanted the Women in League Cowboys jersey to be redone because I thought that was quite a fair bit different to what the final product ended up printing like. Redone um, as in the, the 3D CAD? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't... And it, and it's all right for us who know, you know, know that that's a 3D mock-up and, you know, you're obviously going to look for the photo over that. But I see a lot of comments online who still think those 3D mock-ups are photos. Mm. Yeah. So um, certainly think we've got to be better and uh, Dynasty is investing a considerable amount of money and resources into our own marketing department I think at the moment. So that should all be tied up. It's almost up. just a sublimation thing too, you know. On screen you can sort of see your fades and textures a lot more than when you get it printed out and you've almost got to exaggerate your designs for, well, that's, for that's sublimation. That's the women in league yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when, when printed, the navy was a lot more predominant than what it showed up on the yeah. CAD and whatnot. So, and I suppose Nick, if you know, take lead here, or happy for me too, for those playing at home that may not know, getting into the the crux of it a little bit more. You're working with RGB versus CMYK, and yeah, exactly. You, I mean, on screen you're looking at RGB, aren't you? So it's zero to two five five or whatever, and it's the opposite. You know, zero color is black, whereas in real life, a hundred color is black. So it's it's all opposite. Yeah. So the colors are actually yeah. generated yeah. differently. You're looking at four colors instead of three, and yeah, completely different. Yeah, talking about colors, how about two colors? Juventus, many colors, <laughs> many colors. So uh, this is from uh, Football Shirt Culture. Uh, Juventus fourth kit. Juventus revealed their new fourth kit for the 21-22 season, a collaboration between Adidas, Juventus, and Brazilian street artist Eduardo Cobra. It shows off one of Cobra's mesmerizing kaleidoscopic designs. So they say. Yeah, um, this one, they released a sort of similar colored special jersey last year as well that was kind of similar. So um, just talking about the pink and black and white from a few weeks ago, there's a... Something completely different for them. Yeah. Not a very different. What's the sponsor on the front there? Jeep. And then what's that? 4XE on their home jersey this season. I think it's just a, a model of a Jeep. I haven't looked in any further. but Yeah, okay. Pretty sure that's what it is. Which is something I heard the fans pushing for when Geelong adopted the sponsor on the back above the numbers. A lot of fans were pushing for rather than just another Ford logo plastered on the Guernsey, they actually put, put one Ranger of the Ford, on it or something. Uh, models <laughs> on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did you have anything more on nah, that, mate? Nah, Sorry. Keep going. Yep. So sticking with the round ball for a second, football design exhibition in London. So this is uh, via Instagram. Uh, football designing the beautiful game is the first major exhibition that explores the story behind football unpicking how the design has been used to push the game to new limits take a journey through uh, more than 500 objects films interviews and sporting performance kit development stadium design and more and immerse yourself in iconic football moments with star objects telling the stories of club legacies and game legends such as Messi, Pele, George Best and Diego Maradona and more this exhibition reveals the master planning of the world's most significant football stadiums, the design innovation used in today's boots, how the graphic design of team badges, kits and posters shape a club's identity and how grassroots initiatives are pushing back against the sport's commercialization. You will glimpse a rare insight into the people and processes that have made football what it is today. So those overseas in, in London, go check that one out. Yeah, I'd be keen. Book a ticket. Let's go. It actually yeah, sounds pretty I good. I was just saying a kit before we started. I went to the National History Museum. I, was, I didn't even know there was a football museum. So what a disappointment. And yeah, kit. Just to take a step back. Sorry, I know I'm late, but I was Googling. Um, you mentioned about Geelong and not wanting to have multiple Fords on the on the, uh, on the uh, Guernseys. Um, have mm. you guys seen the Sydney Swans Guernseys where they've obviously got QBE on the front, which is a long-term partner, but lower back they've got realestate.com.au and then 
upper back, they have just got the little realestate.com.au icon and it's uh, it's actually quite classy. I'll drop it in um, I'll drop it in Discord for us to have a look at, but just every time I've seen Sydney play this year, I've uh, I've admired you know realestate.com.au for not just throwing more text on a on a on a Guernsey, being a little bit more clever. You can kind of see it at the top back. It's just the little little icon inverted. Yeah, that's nice though. Eh? I do like a um, little icon at the top of the top back of a jersey. It's funny though because on the number on the number one, it um, looks like a dot. Looks like a lowercase i. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's a lot more well thought out than just throwing the logo on again. Makes for a better product, really. Especially um, less tacky, a little bit more classy. Especially twice on the same panel of a jersey. You look at um, it. Actually, just reminds me of the West Indies Test cricket shirt, and it's got their sponsor on the front right chest and like the center chest. Just the same, the same logo twice. Oh, really? Um, and it looks so random. Oh, um, that sucks. I'll um, I'll quickly try break. and find yeah. it for you. Yeah, I just yeah. found it now. It's not great. Um, is that their stuff made by Castor, is it? Oh, it looks like it, isn't it, on the sleeve there? Could be wrong. Oh, Jesus, throwing a lot of shade at Castor's <laughs> way this week. Yeah, we'll never get a job from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it there. So, I think it, it might be yeah. a cricket thing. I don't know. A sandals, whatever, the, whatever that um, they're selling. There's someone else that does that too. Yeah. I'll have a think and see if I can come up with it by the end. But yeah, it does look just so silly. Take one spot or none at all. Agreed. Okay, we'll we'll keep on with the yep. news now. Um, coming back to Australia's game, and you know, I threw this out to you guys a few weeks ago, and I already it's already starting to make its way through. So this is from AFL.com.au, mm. AFL NFTs. <laughs> So AFL Mint to release limited edition moments across AFL and AFLW. The AFL has announced a historic five-year NFT and metaverse partnership with Animoca Brands. The agreement will see the first major Australian sporting league project into the Web3 space come to life, building on the strong heritage and proud audience of the AFL. AFL joins world sporting codes who have launched NFT programs including NBA, Top Shots, ICC, Frank Rave, MotoGP Ignite and UFC Strike Force. By partnering with Animoca Brands, AFL taps into an extensive Web3 ecosystem which will give time uh, which will over time provide fans with an immersive metaverse experience in areas such as virtual reality, digital art and gaming. The AFL through its AFL Mint brand will release its first official licensed NFT drop in the coming weeks. AFL Mint is the only official marketplace to collect licensed AFL NFTs. Copy and paste. Cash grab. Fad. We'll be dead soon. How much copying and pasting can we do in one day? I don't. I, I mean, someone someone probably knows a lot more of it about it than I do, but I don't get why you can't just copy and paste the image. Just tell okay, me. So you can. This, so this is what I'll, this is the way that I've been explained. We all know the Mona Lisa, right? Yeah. Picture of the Mona Lisa. How many photos of the Mona Lisa can you go and Google online, or go and, even though you're not supposed to, go to the go to the museum, the Louvre, and take a photo of millions, Mason. Mason. millions, right? Yes. Listen kid. to me. A JPEG is a JPEG, a, a to sc- no matter what. <laughs> if I owned a to, to scale Mona Lisa and it was sitting upstairs in my living room, that would still be pretty cool because I'd have a, a physical object. It's I'm different not, to taking I'm, a photo. Okay, you right-click okay. a JPEG and you're essentially getting it. Okay, all right. So, just let let me keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, who owns that? Who owns what? Who owns the Mona Lisa? I don't know. How much is it worth? Lisa. How much is the original Mona Lisa worth? The physical item yeah. being the Mona Lisa, being yeah. something physical which you can grab and touch with your hands. Yep. Mate, you're talking about an array of pixels, right? <laughs> that anyone can right screen, right click, and do okay. what the hell you want with it. It's okay. different. We we I'm will be living. 
In the next 20 years, we will be living in a artificial reality. In the next 20 months, NFTs will be completely dead and we'll be laughing at people who no, spent money on them. I disagree. I don't disagree in the fact that this is the first rendition of it. This may come and fall. We're moving into crypto. We're moving into NFTs. We're moving into metaverse. You know, the general people don't want to do it, but big company is pushing it. And over time, just like because Facebook, they see money. just like Instagram, it's going to slowly be a part of your life. It's not, so, right. it's already dying. NFT is already <laughs> dying. I can understand crypto so, because like, it's still real money. Okay, so all it is is different. All it is, it's a commodity. So it's like uh, owning superannuation or shares. What are shares? Shares are nothing that you can see. They're, they're just a digital form, but they have a value to them. So Charlie bit my finger, the famous YouTube video. If you NFT that, there is, a, there is someone who owns the rights to Charlie bit my finger. Now, just because anyone can share Charlie bit my finger, anyone can watch it, anyone can view it, anyone can talk about it. There's only going to be one person that owns it. Now, the rate in which Charlie bit my finger can go up and down will change the rate or the value or the price of the video Charlie bit my finger. Does so we're putting sense? value on on oh, yeah. How many do you own personally? None, because I think it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I, I don't. I'm a square. Like fucking hell, I don't. I don't bet. I don't. Do you own shares? You know, no. Are you in crypto? You own crypto. No, no. So I'm all crypto, this is, shares. So I'm, not, I'm just not buying into this NFT bullshit. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to. And I and I understand if you know. I don't really agree with it either. But it's the world that we're going to. It's the world that we're moving to. And all it will be, everyone will be able to go and watch videos of Buddy kicking his one thousandth goal. But someone is going to own that photo. Someone is going to own that clip. And the rate in which they own it um or the what do you value get out of, owning of that it, video you, you realize well, that you people get, own the rights to of... images anyway right yeah like yeah. like before nfts people own the rights to images yeah and you have a right to police your nfts if you want to and it really comes down to what the product is some things may go up in value because it is being shared and it is in um the community some things may go up in value because you don't have them or you can't see them. So being naive as hell, you like, can oh, do someone for copyright for copying and pasting your NFT. It's not, it's, well, I don't know the specifics no, of that. No. That's why I'm asking, yeah. Anyone can go and copy, like that's why I use the Mona Lisa yeah. as an example. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> way off topic here. All I can say is the concept of this is not going away as we start to merge and blend into a virtual world and it's going to happen whether people like it or not these things are going to be around a commodity in a non-specific uh, non-physical space are going to get more and more some things are just going to be crap like some there's going to be an nft of a photo of sunglasses no one's going to care yeah. or buy that They're but some crap. things some things are going to be valuable, whether you agree, like, I don't know, you don't like cars, you don't, whatever it is that you don't like, you're going to say it's, yeah, not valuable, but it's creating a new currency for the new world. Out of That's nothing. So is. the AFL will just go and oversaturate moments and images and whatever. I'm looking at some sort of holographic ball in front of me that says Genesis. Um, yeah, I just feel, I don't feel sorry, but I know that there's going to be a shitload of people left holding the bag when the ass falls out of this whole little venture. <laughs> Let's check back in ep when we're at to episode 200 and, and 200, see how mate. we're tracking. That's yeah, the best on-air disagreement yet. <laughs> oh. If Mason believed what he was saying, he'd be invested in NFTs. I believe the concept of it. Well, I'm just not that type of... Is. Did I not call you the official shit stirrer of the podcast? The Let's get one now and see what it's I don't worth care. episode not... 200. All right. When, <laughs> when the AFL drops their first NFT, we'll use some of our field of design piggy bank to throw in an NFT, make sure it's a good one, and see what it's like when this podcast finally crashes. I want after. that Genesis ball. <laughs> 
Also, can I take this opportunity to advertise Uncle Bushchuk NFTs coming mid-May? <laughs> no, I'm editing it out. <laughs> All right, let's move on. NRL potentially launched 2023 season in the US. So this is from The Guardian. The NRL could be on the verge of an American dream as season opener with the potential to make rugby league relevant in the United States and the metaverse. The competition has reportedly revived discussions about staging a historic premiership game between Manly and South Sydney in Los Angeles to open the 2023 campaign. Clubs will be banking on the Hollywood pool power of Rabbitohs owner Russell Crowe and Seagulls supporter Hugh Jackman three years after, after the plans fell through in 2019. Do we think this will be more popular than rugby over there? Or Rugby's in the college system, isn't it, over there? A little there? bit, yeah. There is an American rugby league competition, and I think there's been a few, I think maybe Brett Kamali, not Gareth Widdop, but yeah, someone okay. else um, has had a stint over there from time to time. Uh, but I would, you know, put it similar to what Gridiron would be here, but, um, I'd say. The Kiwis played England over there Much less. a few years back, didn't they? I think I remember. In so much of American sport is um, how intertwined with the culture, the whole package, rather than just an entertaining game, like, especially in you know NFL and NBA. Like for us to try and even scratch the surface of that is going to be next to impossible. I reckon. Um, just reading the article that you've linked us to, Mason. The interesting thing I found is a little tidbit. I'm not sure if you read it, but uh, in 1987. One bloke, uh, one bloke from Perth hatched an audacious plan to base a VFL expansion club in Los Angeles named the LA Crocodiles to piggyback on the huge international popularity of Crocodile Dundee and Paul Hogan. That's great. Um, <laughs> I did condense that. That, was, that, that article's really long, so I did condense it, yeah. It is, yeah. Um, despite sponsors and airlines having pledged support, it was rejected in the end. So, Shock horror. Would have been interesting. I think it also t- touches in there about the fourth state of origin game as well that took place, um, and I think yeah, mid mid early season or mid or post season games as well. So, as mentioned, all of these uh, articles will be linked in the show notes if anyone wants to go back and listen. Oh, sorry, read. I think the scary thing is um, letting rugby league players out in LA or <laughs> Vegas or wherever they're going to take it. That is daunting. <laughs> Very scary. Don't disagree with you. <laughs> Sticking with the American theme, so minor league baseball. Guys, I was doing some um, scooping around the news on the webs on the World Wide Web today and I found this really fun little, um, uh, not department, what'd you, what would you call it, community in the minor league baseball called Copa Della Division, uh, Division or Fun Cup. So this is from uh, minor league baseball, MILB.com. Copa della Diversion or Fun Cup is a season-long event series specifically designed to embrace the culture and values that resonate most with participating teams' local U.S. Hispanic Latino communities. Minor league baseball has unveiled the schedule of the games for the and the 85 on-field Hispanic identities for the season's Fun Cup event series. Continuing its annual expansion into more communities, eight new teams joined Copa this season with five teams returning with rebranded personas. The 387-game event series will kick off April 9 um, in Hillsborough, Oregon, with uh, Nationwide returning as the official insurance partner of the Copa Initiative. So um, I'm going to butcher these, but I'm going to try my hardest. Uh, the eight MILB teams joining Copper for the first time include Fort Wayne Tin Caps, uh, Manzana Luch- Luchadores de Fort Wayne, Frisco Rough Riders, Quesos de Frisco, Great Lakes Loons, Pepper. Oh, geez, the font's too small. Hold on. Just English, just English, mate. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great Lake Loons, Quad Cities River Bandits, uh, Somerset Patriots, Saint Paul Saints, Syracuse Mets, and Wichita Wind Surge. Um, I really hope that you guys have had a chance to look at these links and look at some of the teams and teams logos there because, man, some of these are great and really fun to look at. Yeah, that's 
someone's had a lot of fun designing them. Eh? The upside down cow is pretty funny. Yeah, I read somewhere a comment that there's a fly swat one, a fly swat logo in there as well. Um, heaps of uh, food based um, logos as well. But just to, uh, I guess, describe to the listeners who may not um, be able to have a screen in front of them right at the moment, um, we're looking at quesadillas. We're looking at a pickle with a flaming hat holding a baseball bat. Looking at a, a bright colored fox with um, orange, sorry, an orange fox with cyan outlines. Uh, the upside down cow, as you said, udders and all. Uh, red hot chi- uh, a hot dog, actually, chili dog, um, flaming chili dog with a hat backwards with a green chili necklace running with a barbecue fork, uh, pointy boots. The list goes on and on. I really, really recommend if, if anyone is just looking for a fun time with some logo designs, uh, go and have a look at these. Oh yeah. They're great. Uh, okay. Last bit of news we've got here, UCF Knights to wear QR codes on spring game uniforms. So this is from sportslogos.net. For the second year in a row, the UCF football program will promote the players with its spring game uniforms. Only this time, rather than simply adding their Twitter handles to their nameplates, the Knights have replaced the numbers on the backs of their jerseys with a custom QR code. The QR codes, which are two-dimensional barcodes that contain information about the item in which it is attached, can be scanned with a smartphone and will link to the player's bio on UCF's official website. Their fans can find links to the player's Twitter and Instagram pages, contact information and merchandise, which is now permitted under the NCAA's name, image and likeness rules adopted by the NCAA and several state legislators last summer. Kit. Curious how difficult it's going to be to whip your phone out and try and catch a QR code uh, amongst the however many blokes are running around on the football field, but interesting novelty. It's going to be a bit of an eyesore, I think. Uh, the beauty of numbers is that they're designed, you know, for the most part to be clean and legible and um, simple, whereas a whole lot of players running around with square barcodes on their back is going to make it uh, a lot more confusing and difficult. Not sure if you saw in the article, but um, the coaches also will have QR codes on their left chest. So interesting concept. (laughs) I can't remember who it was I was talking. I think it might have been a uni tutor or something who absolutely hated QR codes and thought they would die within the next few years. Well, they have been around for ages, but... It's They've only, been around for so long. Yeah. It's really COVID. Uh, COVID saved the QR code, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, use them otherwise. But I, I will say this. I think QR codes on the back of jerseys have got a a uh, more of a chance of surviving long-term than NFTs. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Mate. Nothing. <laughs> I think you just you need to accept. You need to come around. What's the seven seven stages of um, acceptance? We're we're in the denial stage at the moment. Yeah, we're going up denial. Denial. Um, Denial's a river in Africa, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Good job. Well done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, the, I'm just having a look at the pictures in more detail. The QR codes they aren't terrible. Like they they've kind of been applied in a neat and clean way more than I thought. Um, interesting tidbit on QR codes. I think they were designed by a warehouse employee that um, was looking for a cleaner and more, not cleaner, a more reliable way to scan um, as using the the old school um, linear barcodes sometimes didn't work if there was a bit covered. Um, so he designed it and implemented it within his own company. You can go find online. The, the full details of it um and yeah good on him for keeping it as free um you know not not locking it down what a guy 1994 they were invented shit that's older than, that's older than nick yep whoa yeah, hey, they they would remember len steal my sunshine I'm younger than some dogs that is great song but who who knows what qr stands for anyone no nah. 
No. No. What is it? Qu- quick response. There you go. How simple there is that? Go. Indeed. And what quick response it was. And uh, that ties up the news, unless What's there the was score? any late mail that was coming in. I, Cronulla are flogging them, <laughs> so I turned it off. Anley fan here. It, uh, yeah, it, given the polarizing opinions on the jersey, if there's anything that sort of will nudge it from being accepted to being downright hated, and it's getting flogged by 40 points, which they're on track to do. So, by Cronulla of, of all teams, too. Correct. We're getting a live witness of, um, <laughs> <laughs> of Kit's reactions to the. The demise of the of points bet jersey. <laughs> you, if you freeze it right uh, here, <laughs> it'll be worn. It's uh, being worn at Magic Round too, so I guess there's opportunity for redemption. But is that we'll is that in Brisbane again this year? Yes, correct. It's the Suncorp, the place to be. Okay, let's um let's swift. Switch over now to our episode topic, which is nada. We're we're winging this a bit now. We've had a bit of a call out, kid. I think um, you mentioned that someone had messaged you online to hear your story that you raised the other week. Yeah, I think we save it. To be honest, you want to save it now? <laughs> Out of the man. Yeah, I, I think I think Nick's got a Nick's got a lengthy um, jersey review, so I think we're. Okay. Nearly an hour. Let's jump into that and, have, and save. We did have um, also what was your sort of weirdest request you've ever had to design or from your company. So anything jump to mind right, quickly? Well, uh, Nothing quickly. Let's let's put it back to the listeners, yeah. um, which is probably a good time to plug and say if you would like to get in touch with us, you can via our Gmail, fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can hit us up via our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast. But Nick, why don't you? Uh, oh, and sorry if you if anyone does have any suggestions for jersey reviews or topics um, or anything else that you've noticed in the news, please reach out. Let us know, and we'll we'll mention it on the show for all of our fans. I I do like the strangest request one. Actually, I can think of a few things. So um, whether that shall we do that. Next week? week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Nick, why don't you fire us off with our jersey review? Nick's jersey review. Yeah. So this one's a bit of a story. Um, Notre Dame over in US college football. Uh, Every year they do what's called called a Shamrock Series uniform. Um, So the standard colors are... Navy and gold, and obviously, you know, Notre Dame, Catholic, Irish school sort of thing um, in America. Um, this one, sort of at the time, it was not really liked, um, but I think it's a bit unique for an American football jersey just with the way the numbers look and, and stuff like that. Uh, and as time goes on, there's more and more articles coming out saying, okay, it's time to give this jersey some respect now. Um, so I've just sent through sort of an image for you. Mm. Um, so it's got your sort of olive green uh, main body uh, and then your goldish, lighter green uh, finishes and features on it, a sort of Celtic-inspired font, um, gold helmet. Uh, the interesting part about this one is on the sleeves you've got uh, some artwork that relates to... Let me just quickly find this. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so you've got some artwork that relates to... Where did I see it? And for everyone listening, these will be up on our Instagram as well for you playing oh, at home. Oh. oh, God, here we go. Well, I'll just explain here. Sacred what we're... Heart Church. Yep. So that's sort of the sleeve artwork there. Uh, and then I've got a helmet picture for you as well. Uh, the helmet's lovely. It looks like one of those motorcycle fuel fuel tanks almost the way it's designed and drawn with the art on it yeah the airbrush look that's right yeah artwork to it yeah 
So the helmet, what we're looking at, a single line, single, uh, what are we calling it, olive line down the middle, and then uh, looks like a two or three tiered um, gradient shades using their gold, their gold colors, and then on the sides using that. Yeah, what did you say? it was um, a coat of arms. Takes inspiration from. Oh, where did I see it? Sorry, guys. Keep scrolling past it. Uh, Basilica of Sacred Heart Church. So um, that sort of stone inscriptions yeah, okay. on the side door of the, the church. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of airbrushed in on the sides of the helmet there. It's, and as you said, like the best that you can kind of explain it to is the artwork that you'd see on the side of a car or a um, a motorbike there. Um, yeah, that's really clean. It looks like some glyphic, um, yeah, some text along the bottom there as well, which is really neat. And represented on the sleeves there as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. And the um the font sort of used for the numbers was taken from the font of that plaque as well. So um those numbers super unique for American football. Obviously it's usually some sort of square blocky font and then that's a Celtic design. So Yeah, it's quite different for Notre Dame and, and quite different for American football. Um and yeah, I think pretty well designed. How great is that? Notre Dame monogram. The ND, yeah. The ND on Historic. the... They're yeah. a real traditional mm-hmm. old school, so when they do the, the green ones, um, it's a bit different from the from the Navy and people aren't sure about them, but this one's starting to get some respect. Plenty of panels on that um, <laughs> those pants too. I'm looking at a lot of... Um, <laughs> a lot of flat locks, lines and stitches going on in there. A lot of curved panels too, yeah. Yeah gusset on the front and then it looks like a internal padded panel and then an outside panel and then you've got mm. mesh panels on the insides of the um yeah american football is a real there. one for having many panels they're never really sub designs they're always cut and sew almost um i know mm. in the nfl the jerseys have almost a central back seam that spreads down to your hips um so it's like three points meeting in the middle of the jersey um yeah right yeah and just going on from from notre dame i just wanted to share a story about um what people some people might know as the catholic versus convicts game um so right up until about the 80s the notre dame sort of football team was dominant side in the u.s football scene and toward the or sort of they they played um Right, University of Miami were were sort of a nothing squad, um, and they came into the eighties with a coach called Howard Schnellenberger. Great name. Yeah, they were nothing special and, and had little national impact. Uh, and they established the state of Miami as sort of their major scouting area, which is weird that it already wasn't being University of Miami. Um, but they installed a, a winning swagger. Um, through Schnellenberger and then later Jimmy Johnson, their next coach. Um, great name. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Superhero name. Um, so Notre Dame had a new threat at the start of the 80s and, and the Hurricanes, Miami, Miami Hurricanes, they broke an 11-year losing streak uh, and won the national championship in 1983. Uh, and the Hurricanes would win five of the next six meetings. Um, and because all these kids came from the inner city, they had that sort of hard-nosed edge about them and um, had a bit of swagger and they, they danced on everyone and they, they were team, a team that was easy to hate, the Hurricanes. Um, and after their second title in 87, uh, everyone wanted to knock them off um, and they'd shut out the, the Irish and Notre Dame 24-0 in 87 uh, and it was their first shutout since Miami shut them out in 83. So the Hurricanes real had, had real dominance in the 80s. Uh, and they were criticized in 85 for putting a 58-7 to scoreline on Notre Dame. Um, wow. so, so, yeah. Before, Which is frowned uh, upon in American football, isn't it? Running up the score, yeah. Running up the it, score, yeah. It's, it is frowned upon. Whereas in AFL, you just try and get as much percentage <laughs> as you can. <laughs> That's Why right. is it frowned upon? Just seen as disrespectful. Yeah. There's a way to get to a certain score and then you just play out the game. Yeah, you just run run the ball, you stop passing, you just, yeah. You you play some of the depth players, right? Yeah. 
bring on some uh, of the other 53 people on the bench. There's oh, similar wow. quirks in um in ba- in basketball as well, right? Like when yeah. you when you're dominating, you don't you know you don't put on a show and do Italian and do football that. has the same thing as well. You you assert your dominance and then you sort of pass the ball around for the rest of the game. You don't go and score five, six, seven, eight. You stop at three or four. Jesus, that's nearly <laughs> insulting in itself. Yeah. First time I went to nationals, Queensland versus Victoria. I think granted there was a bit of a, a shift in um, experience, but we got flogged like 102 to 12 or something like that. <laughs> you just keep playing. I'm sorry. You just keep good, That's, yeah. You, you, well, yeah. we did, mate. 2019 champions, gone. <laughs> 2012 champions, 2019 champions. Um, but I don't know. I nearly think it's more disrespectful and a slap in the face to stop playing. Yeah, as you said, culture. Speaking of football, I saw Neymar recently um, got shitty at someone for uh, like flaring, like was it juggling, juggling the ball on his head or something? And Neymar cracked the shits, which I found to be very ironic considering some yeah. of the shit he's pulled. All the ch- <laughs> especially when he's younger. tricks he does, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> especially when he's when he's younger and a bit more cocky. But um, yeah, continue with your story, sorry, Nick. Yeah, oh, no worries. Um, so, yeah, obviously they won their second t- title in 87, um, as I was saying, and before the game in 88, um, two Notre Dame students, Joe Frederick and Pat Walsh, decided to come up with T-shirts to sell before the big game. Uh, and Walsh had built an underground T-shirt empire on the campus out of his dorm room, um, so he sold all these shirts throughout the time. And by the beginning of his senior year, he'd, he was warned by the university to shut it all down. Mm, I like this. Um, <clears throat> obviously, NCAA rules and stuff, you're not allowed to sort of earn money from your own businesses on, on campus and whatever. Um, so he was trying to make the basketball team as, as a walk-on, so he, he did stop. But the basketball captain at the time came to him and sort of suggested the shirt idea of Catholics versus convicts because you know, obviously Notre Dame were those clean-cut um, Christian boys. And then the inner city culture of the Miami Hurricanes. Um, they once wore fatigues before a game and showed up all arrogant and then had, you know, that cocky swagger fighting um, reputation on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys, yeah, they produced this shirt anyway, uh, no matter what sort of trouble it would get them into. Um and they came up, yeah, with the slogan Catholics versus convicts was obviously caused a lot of hatred and um, controversy before and th- before the game, that week before and throughout the throughout the game. Before the game, they had an 80-on-80 80 80 brawl um, on the field in warm-ups. All the teams and um, these guys obviously went back to their changing room for the, the last words before the game and... Um, the Notre Dame coach famously once said, you know, you guys deal with the players, but um, leave Jimmy Johnson for me. So that he was the Miami coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've just sent through that that Catholics versus convicts t-shirt. It's not much of a t-shirt. It's just your green Catholics versus orange convicts underneath. Um, but that sort of statement and slogan has followed Miami and Notre Dame f- since then, 30 years on. It, it's still referenced and... Um, Notre Dame won that game. They ended the Hurricanes' dominance. Um, so the, the firing up from the fight beforehand, um, I think, got them the the win across the line. I'm just reading now. Apparently, there's a, a 30 for 30 ESPN yeah. doco. About yeah, it's a real good documentary. Um, yeah, I might have to watch it. But it, the guy was told to, that he should trademark it, and he never did. And then no. found out later that couple of other kids did and made hundreds of thousands of dollars on yeah they would have oh, no they're still being grown. sold today um yeah. <laughs> that game surely he'd have a case for him though right okay. copyright you'd imagine yeah but what a great slogan in the, in the first instance like it's just hard hitting off the tongue yeah now to think of that, and then to do it under the circumstances of the university telling you to shut it all down. 
So is the Hurricanes also have the, the convicts um, nickname carried around with them all the time, or is it just really when they play Notre Dame? Uh, in the eighties, it was they were that that team that you know always got up in your face, and they weren't afraid of letting you know they were good and and stuff like that. And you know there was always fights during games, and the guys would get in trouble clubbing during the <laughs> week and whatever. Um, so during the eighties, they were real good. Um, they would serve the death penalty by the NCAA, so it basically shut down their football program for a few years. Um, And then early 2000s, they became one of the sort of national leaders again. Um, But, yeah, the 80s and the the early 2000s were really the only dominant periods there. They're nothing special now. They're they're a team that will give you a good game. But um, same with Notre Dame. They've sort of lost that edge of being the best team in the country. For a- I'm just uh, just saw something pop up here in in 2020. This game contributed to the naming of the Mormons versus Mullets game between BYU <laughs> and Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Mormons, that's a good. One. That's more something I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, it'd be behind you too. It would be. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, that's great, mate. Thanks for that story. Yeah, no worries. I'm gonna have to uh, same with Kit. Find that. ESPN. Yeah, so there's there's that one that sort of came from the the Notre Dame side, the Catholics versus convicts, and then there's a a documentary called The U, and then The U Part Two, uh, which follows it from the Miami side. So um, yeah, check them both out. Yeah, nice, awesome. Okay, so we've got a bit of news. Uh, uh, sorry, we've got a bit of bit mail. Of a bit of mail. It's getting late. We need to wrap this shit up. Yep. So, um, <laughs> as mentioned, button. if you would like to get in touch with the show, you can. As I said earlier, Field of Design Podcast at Gmail or our Instagram, Field of Design Podcast. Uh, Kit, a couple of uh, replies through to you for your uh, pineapple Tim Tam. Yeah, you... I've already explained null and void considering it wasn't actually a pineapple oh, Tim Tam. You've, so... you've dogged them. You've dogged and them. Do you... We're Look, gonna... I might make good. I might make good on it eventually. There's one person who I know that I will never, well, they'll never get anything off me, and that's Pax eighty eight, Liam Pack. He uh, he probably owes me a few pineapples just for being his mate. Many times I've shouted that guy beers. So he he's one person in particular that commented pineapple Tim Tam and is getting nothing from me ever. Rough. We'll have to do a we'll have to do a draw at some point though, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure I've got some stuff floating around. Fan yeah. of the show, Rick FSC via Instagram commenting on the AFL Anzac um releases from last week. The AFL teams have killed it for the Anzac inspired designs, working within the traditional jersey instead of overworking and creating something that's easily forgotten. This is class. Tend to agree with him. I think Port Adelaide did something as well, very, very uh, along those lines. Um, just a simple silhouette at the bottom of their V, and then the Anzac logo. So, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think that that um, Tigers is the best ones working. You know, they've made their design into something Anzac rather than just creating something completely new, which is. That extra level of thought and and creativity. As Kit touched on last week, it was one of those moments when you see the Richmond one this year and going, oh, you know, why didn't I think of that? Or how did it take them so long to execute this? Mm. And I nearly feel the same way that the first time I saw the the red poppy sash used with Essendon, Essendon, you know, that might have been 10 years ago now. But, uh, yeah, I second everything that's been said there around adapting utilizing the design mm. rather and it's than coming up with so it design. was so good back then and it's become the norm now hasn't it any piece of red becomes a poppy mm. yeah um i think this is your friend again mate Pax oh, is that what you said before via yeah, instagram the glory hunter <laughs> Man is just it wants somewhat a shout ironic? out <laughs> uh which 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 um which jersey was this in relating to the the black and white um, Forest one, yeah, yeah. Last week, Nick's one. How many have I Yeah, 
Is it somewhat ironic given a new shirt introducing more clothing would contribute to the effect of climate change? Love the podcast, guys. Thanks uh, for your contribution, exactly. Liam. <laughs> he's not he's not having it. Well, this goes back to um Forest Green Rovers, like obviously they're using materials that are you know, made out of coffee beans and, and stuff, so sustainable. I don't know what this one was made out of, but he's right. And that's he, it. To to give him credit, he um he has been very supportive and I think he's listened to every episode, so much appreciated, mate. Thanks, Pax. What a guy. Thanks, Pax. And I Might think be it, that boys. wraps it up. Yeah, thank not you. quite the ninety-minute saga that we went through last last week, and that was without even a jersey review. But I think we're at an hour ten. We got so excited last last week talking sponsors, and we even missed some that we'll probably have to go and revisit. Yeah, I think we we spoke afterwards about four or five others that we. How did uh, we forget St George Illawarra Dragons and St George Bank? Honestly. Anyway, <laughs> that yeah, that is a good call. There was another one I saw today too, but yeah, we'll leave it for later. Leave it for a part two, yeah. So for anyone that's stuck around with us for the entire episode, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as mentioned, give us a shout out on uh, Instagram, and if you're not already following, please follow. Nick puts a lot of effort into our Instagram. He does. Man needs to do some more posts though. That was I've I've been a few days without. He's uh sorry guys nearly as good as. Nearly as good at Instagram as he is in the in the uh, key forward role. Full forward, yeah. <laughs> and if you uh, like what you're hearing and have some suggestions, please reach out and let us know. Um, send us a Gmail, field of, field of design podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also subscribe if you haven't already using a, your preferred podcast app. And if you're feeling up to it, please give us some stars on the rating system, preferably lots of them. But look, we're not going to force you. Five many. would be a good All start. All of them. Well, I wasn't going to force them, but, you know, if you, if you want to, go ahead. Like um, that Uber driver who won't unlock the doors until he sees a five-star rating. <laughs> As mentioned earlier, next week we'll uh, look at unusual requests that we've been given. Um, and if you've got any unusual requests, send them through. See you later. Thank you, Adios. everyone, for listening. Hooray. Catch you later, guys. Bye.